Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? Where do I find advertisers, etc.? The answer to every one of these questions is a really simple answer. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. Even I managed to figure it out. It's, it's really helped me to launch Notorious POD and uh, it's an incredible service, really easy to use and the support team's amazing. So um, you've always got what you wanted and you wanted to start a podcast, then go to anchor.fm forward slash start and then you can join me as one of the many podcast creators and this diverse community of people and that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. Looking forward to hearing your podcast. This episode is dedicated to our friend, David Rogers. We are recording this episode on the day of the London Marathon, and Dave tragically passed away after completing the marathon a few years ago. 2001 was one of his favorite albums, and we hope that we can do it justice. There's only one David Rogers. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. KOD, he hard as shit. This is what you call a flip. Ten keys from a car to brick. Bentley from his mama whip. KOD, he hard as shit. This, 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 this. I've seen in a while. Spurs fan, really of the age. Who, um, did I say to you? She was talking about how. You know, Martin Yole should be the manager and everyone was killing her. And I was just <laughs> Martin like... Martin Yole? Yeah, I, I said to her dad, who said it, so I was like, your daughter's getting more trapped by the minute, but her opinion is wrong. said that to her dad. And her dad was cracking up and he was like, I can't help but breathe. What she look like? Blonde, fit. Good. Perfect. She lives in Hertfordshire, apparently. Michael's going to make a move. Yeah. Keep um, on, I don't Me and Nick... On my dad's able to find her. Me and Nick on the way to the ground saw Bobby Davro. Uh, his daughter is a worldie and um, these Spurs fans clocked on it was Bobby Davro and his daughter and they just started going his daughter's immense his daughter's immense Bobby Davro his daughter's immense Um, okay hello world and welcome to the Notorious Podcast episode 3 2001 Um, the track you just heard in the intro was uh, J. Cole's K.O.D. um, from his new album by the same name um, obviously all the tracks that we feature and talk about will go on to um, Notorious Joints podcast on Spotify um, I'm your host John Bass, I'm joined once again by my best friend and co-host Gary Roy Smith Gaz, how are things mate? Very good mate, hello Westerner um, Yeah, really good thanks Enjoying the sunshine mate? Absolutely, fucking awesome mate Been taking the dog out for a walk? Yeah, went this morning Good, so he won't be running into the middle of the podcast <laughs> last week. Possibly Possibly yeah. I'm sure I'll have something to say later Absolutely um, We were... Uh, due to be joined by Vibes P again this week, but um, he's actually ill. Probably too many mango diet cokes. That he's, he's got the shits. Yeah, he's got the shits. We, as far as we know. So yeah, I hope you get better soon. Um, so instead, we are joined by Instagram, Twitter, and Western in celebrity at the Black Bump. How's things, mate? How you doing? Yeah, things great. Things are pretty good. I'm slightly disappointed to hear Gaz is your best mate, but um, <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. I'm happy to be here. Happy, happy with the win yesterday. Just bought well. 12 loop saves if the West Indian boys are wondering. Yeah, I was going to say, you, exactly. you went to B&M on route to the podcast today. Yeah, you know, I went quality in life, so I go to B&M. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you pick up? Any other Which, which branch of B&M did you go to? Uh, Letra, Good choice. Good choice. They've got a neat arm, if you're asking. <laughs> um, so I bought 12 loop saves, standard, um, yeah. 24 bottles of water. Strong. Evian, um, Evian. No, not Evian. Uh, Highland. Wow. Uh, they don't sell Evian. Um, I know. Obviously not. It's B&M bargains. Well, I did stop off and get myself a little bottle, uh, you know, for this, for this lovely day. Yeah. Uh, and then I got some goodies for us um, during this. I saw the Malans, actually, mate. It's a yeah. good, good selection. And prawn, crackers. prawn crackers. <clears throat> yeah. Prawn crackers, dairy milk. And the Malans. It's a perfect Sunday. What more do you need? It's a perfect Sunday. Um, good times. Well, very welcome to have you along, mate. Thanks very much for uh, stepping in short notice. I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be back again on another podcast in the future. Um, we've got we've got a, a new feature we're calling Big Puns. Um, essentially, it's hip hop based puns. Um, I stuck it out on our uh, Twitter feed this week for some football related ones. 
um, as it is FA Cup semi-final weekend. Um, so I'm just going to run through um, some of the best ones. That was such a big hit, though. It was. We had a lot, of, a lot of take-up on that um, and some, some absolute belters out of this. So for anyone that doesn't know, the football name game um, is essentially you get a subject, so in this case, hip-hop, and you try and find uh, footballers' names that work with hip-hop-based puns. So you'll get the idea as we go along. So uh, at Johnny Pollock came up with two belters, Ludacris Brunt and Lil Wayne Hennessy. Chi-Town <laughs> <laughs> Spurs had Harry Q-Tip and Kanye... Oh, that's, that's good. That, that, is good. Was, that, yeah. was, uh, that was in theme as well. That was in theme. And Kanye Best. <laughs> Kanye Best. It's really good. Uh, Kev Crow, who's a West Indian legend uh, and also absolute veteran of the football name game, has got some absolute bangers in here. Um, MF Poon is my favourite after Matt Poon, it's genius. Uh, Eric B and Roy Keane is <laughs> worldy. Uh, Tony X Hibbert, that's a good one. Very good. And Chris Common, I think that's a bit basic. A bit basic, isn't that? Good, that one. Um, Thelonious Filth from um, big, Fighting Cock. Big following. Big following. Yeah. yeah. Um, he came up with a couple of bells, but my favourite was Ashley Young Thug. Oh, that's great. Which I thought was really good. Uh, Dave Shirley, another friend of the podcast. Uh, Snoop Doggy Drogba. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a classic. <coughs> uh, Sibs THFC, In Off the Post Malone. And ASAP Rocky Santa Cruz. Which I thought was a good one. Uh, Monk Hughes 99, Nathan Redman. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> at Conrad Stevens, aka Craig Stevens, aka Della Pena, Western legend, uh, Lil Kim Kalstrom, and Davil Tupac Shakur, <laughs> which I think is great. Um, I come up with a couple, these are my favourite ones. Like, oh, he's picked his favourite. Of course, of course, game. this is my favourite game. Um, Diego Capadonna, Camlon Jerome, and KRS One Matter. Uh, and Gaz, which I'm sure you'll think is the best. Uh, Biggie Smalling. Oh, that's great. And Stretch Chris Armstrong, which I thought was very good, mate. Very good. Okay, so um, that was Big Puns. Uh, let's get stuck into this week's episode. Um, so, Gaz, do you maybe want to just explain to everyone listening um, why we've picked Dre 2001, mate? Sure, mate. It was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a legendary story attached to it, to be honest. I think we just worked it out. It was... 2003, I think you would confirm that, but our first Malia holiday. It was 2003. July or August? Uh, I can't remember the month. Well, it was, wasn't it August 27th to September the 5th or something like that? Just just before school goes back because it's cheaper. Michael Thomas, aka the Black Rain Man. So so we were like like 17, 18. The album was pretty new still it was only two or three years older yeah well at the time times it wasn't like albums coming out every week so yeah it was kind of still a sure sure and um it was it was just the soundtrack for that that holiday really mm. which is why um you know, it's, yeah some, it's some time ago now we were a lot younger younger but really it was just a legendary you know west coast gangster rap album yeah you know the, the load of lads from flitic and western were listening to in malia greece <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it kind of it kind of made sense. It kind of made sense, and um, I think because of that, because of the time, you know, we had a great time. Uh, obviously, it was you know, it was an incredible holiday. It was the first lads holiday. I think that soundtrack just kind of like stapled itself to the memory of that holiday, and therefore it's just kind of hand in hand, really. So yeah. it's just just a legendary, uh, legendary holiday, legendary album. Yeah, for definite. And it, like you said, guys, like it's such a weird juxtaposition of like 17 and 18 year old lads going on their first holiday. I mean, most of us, Michael, you're <laughs> older than us, so um, you didn't have to, but for all of us that were 17, we had actually to get like a permission <laughs> slip yeah. with a tour operator <laughs> for us to go. And like when we when we were going there, like people were like saying, because we'd never really gone out unless we could get in underage, which occasionally we could do. And back in the day when we used to go out, you had to wear like shirt, jeans and shoes if you wanted to get in anywhere. So we were all like, oh, is everyone packing like a shirt and shoes and stuff like that? Like it's so amateur. And then when we got there and like our first night out, I remember everyone's wearing like a shirt and jeans and shoes. And there's people fucking running around in vests and flip flops with fucking beer all down. I'm like, so in between. It was very in between. And I think, I, think I, I remember taking like 250 euros spending money or something yeah. like that. And it was just like, 
yeah, you know, I mean, is that enough for even two nights? Of Honestly, you know, it's, it's, like, it's incredible. So, that, but we we made it last. In yeah, fact, we did. In fact, I think I'll come back with some money. Yeah. So just just to give you like an idea, just to set the mood, like one of the stories. So one of the first few nights, we were going out, and and everyone's just kind of like blown away by like essentially lots of girls that are, that are free and easy with their time. And um, <laughs> one of the boys, and, and, and we're going to try and keep all the stories kind of nameless for obvious reasons, because we've kind of grown up and people are married with kids now, and they don't really want to hear about you know, their, their husband or whatever, get, you know, fingering some you know, delightful young girl. That didn't happen yet. No, no definitely no, not. Um, but yeah, one of the first nights, one of our friends um, basically brought this girl back to his room, and they were getting down to business. Obviously, he's very excited. This is kind of one of the first times he's kind of, you know, taking a girl back on a, on a lad's holiday. And uh, they're just getting down to business. They're in the middle of the action, and um, his roommate just creeps into the room really slowly. And the guy says, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" He says, "I'm really sorry. I just need to get my retainer." <laughs> so that'll give you an idea of kind of the age of us and the kind of how wet the years we were um, in terms of lads' holidays. And this album was always a, a massive thing for us. So yeah, um, yeah makes sense. West Coast Gangster Rap. Uh, West Coast Gangster Rap, exactly. <laughs> so, um, well, as, as we normally do, we're going to go straight into um, the murder statistics for Dre's 2001. So for those of you that don't know, um, this is where we give you all the important stats and facts for the album. Um, so we're going to go ahead with um, the stats and facts for Dre 2001. Peace. These are your murder statistics for Dre's 2001. 2001 is the second studio album by American rapper and producer Dr. Dre. It was released on November the 16th, 1999 by Interscope Records as the follow-up to his 92 debut album, The Chronic. The record was produced primarily by Dr. Dre and Melman, as well as Lord Finesse, and features several guest contributions from fellow American rappers such as The D.O.C., Hitman, Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Exhibit, Eminem and the late Nate Dogg. The album debuted at number two on the US charts, selling 500,000 copies in its first week. It produced three singles that attained chart success and has been certified six times platinum. As of 2015, the album has sold 7.8 million copies in the United States alone. It's 68 minutes and one second in length and produced four singles. Still DRE, released October 13th, 99. Forgot About Dre, January 29th, the year 2000. The next episode released July 3rd, the year 2000. And The Watcher, February 26th, 2001. The Chronic 2000 was the original title for former Death Row Records artist Dr. Dre and his second album. But Suge Knight took the title and used it for his own album, which forced Dre to retitle his album to 2001. That was your murder statistics for 2001. Peace! Um, okay, so welcome back. Um, that was obviously your murder statistics. Um, just quickly before I ask the boys about that, I just wanted to ask um, Bump what his favourite memory was from Malia. Um, so... As you can imagine, some of us uh, young lads from the village uh, were still virgin in, in that uh, era. Speaking uh, yourself, uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, we're not all like you. Uh, great memory from Malia was um, when we got off the plane, seeing these free stunners, I would have probably said at the time. Uh, obviously, I was wearing a Burberry visor. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and a wife beater, Calvin Klein, if you're asking. Um, yeah, great memory of 2001 was um, making love to her uh, whilst 2001 was playing. And then um, Christopher Hamill, um, yeah, he tried to bang her, couldn't get it up, so I banged her again. <laughs> what did she look like? Uh, she looked like a little fat dinosaur. <laughs> um, yeah. stats and statistics um, um, obviously there's a few like kind of interesting things there. I don't think there's any um, kind of particular shocks in terms of the, the kind of record sales are quite interesting what did you think about the kind of numbers and stuff like that well in comparison to the, to the previous two yeah. um, hip hop classics obviously much much bigger more impressive 
uh, numbers in the, in the first in the first period. So yeah. was it, what was it the first in the first period of time? So half and, half and, half and yeah, I mean they weren't doing great numbers, and if you compare that to to this album, it's like seven point eight million for like six times platinum, whereas the others like just went platinum yeah. like a few years later, which is quite amazing. But it's not surprising, I guess. It was a, a hotly anticipated. Um, album yeah. you know seeing as it was his second studio album off the back of the chronic so it was, you know it was hotly anticipated a bit like his recent compton release yeah, yeah um so you know i mean it was like obviously a lot of, a lot of hype about it at the time some big artists on there snoop everyone wanted to hear what he was coming with so yeah um you know i guess that kind of makes sense um and yeah obviously we're gonna best intro of all time to the album I, I know i mentioned that it's just incredible that exhibit yeah. with the low rider it's just so west coast compared to what we've done so far it just paints a picture of you know the west coast in that one intro it's yeah well because this is our first west coast album yeah right, that we're doing so um yeah it's interesting maybe that was a factor as well in the numbers that in the west coast kind of um earlier in hip hop were kind of smashing it yeah. and then the, the, the east coast kind of had a resurgence and this was maybe a little bit of a comeback kind of moment for the west coast as well but um what about you Bum? What, what was your um kind of an interesting fact on that bit? well I, I just think 2001 as you were saying from the west coast and watching like the divine ones i think you realize how much the west coast needed 2001 to be such a success yeah following the the deaths of tupac and um obviously big on uh, the east coast a huge album. Um, I, I, I do quite like how they, they kept the front cover uh, in the style that they did because it was very futuristic, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. find hilarious because it's not <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, it's just basically suggesting they've got no money. Um, <laughs> and should not have been the probably 20 years was like, fuck this, just, just do it like that. So um, it's a yeah, great album. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that whole idea of like Shook basically stealing the title just adds to the list of cunty things that he did in his <laughs> life like the geezer's like i can't respect him because he's such a prick he, he doesn't, doesn't care fuck, does he? yeah i, mean, I kind of yeah. respect that but um yeah ultimately um i mean the album often gets referred to as the chronic 2001 anyway mm -hmm. so people kind of still use the title that he wanted so it doesn't really affect it but um yeah the official title is just 2001 which yeah. is amazing considering it was released in 99 <laughs> yes yeah. kind of a bit of a an, an oddball title but um yeah it's pretty it's pretty great Okay, um, so guys, this album was probably like the theme music to our formative years, and, and especially this first last holiday, which mm. was Malia, yeah. like we, we keep talking about. So, yeah. what were your memories of like how the album actually like interacted with our holiday, and like really formed kind of the background music to that? Hey, yeah, good question, mate. Well, um, I I really remember there was a, there was a particular moment when um, at the start of the holiday we realised basically the hotel that we'd we checked into was was pretty shit um it, it was I'm one of those yeah. yeah it was one of those like terrible wooden furniture beds yeah, um, like plastic mattress yeah. no air conditioning and we were just like oh you know i'm not sure it's really been worth it as far as the room's concerned but anyway the pool was just like bang average and it was essentially a warm little puddle yeah, um, right. but i think it was lloyd and carl or someone that went out doing a little wrecking little, little scout and they walked up the road kind of away from the, the main strip in Malia. i'm not sure if anyone knows Malia, but it's essentially it's a fork isn't it yeah if you imagine like a, yeah. like the letter y i suppose that's the best way to, to describe it it's a fork um and help bar on the on the junction yeah. uh, and then our hotel was kind of opposite help bar shout out help bar um, <laughs> and, and you come out of the hotel and you turn right and walk up the street and i think it was carl and lloyd hashtag I do love swimming pools, Carl, I do. Um, who walked up the road and found um, what can only be described as an excellent swimming pool. It was an oasis in an otherwise shit desert. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was so good. And it had a bar attached to it. Yeah. And their hotel, the hotel that it was attached to, must have been even shitter than ours, but mm. the pool was just much, much better. Yeah. Um, the reason why it must have been a really shit hotel is because it didn't. There didn't appear to be anyone staying there, and uh, the good thing was is we had a barmaid there as well who would basically let us play whatever we wanted <laughs> yeah. over the over the main speakers. So at the time we were just like, right, 
Here's the Dre 2001, I think, well, CD. Yeah, I think it, it was like, CD. It was I think my, like USB. Like, you're not going to no, like plug a USB in. No, it was my, my copy of 2001. Because <laughs> obviously I took CDs away on my Alba stereo. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, amazing. This <laughs> is so good. So luckily Bass had um, 2001 to hand, and it went straight on, on repeat. And yeah. that was the that was the album. There was I think seventeen, eighteen of us around this pool, yeah. and uh, we were just drinking, partying. People were just walking past, just looking at us like what the fuck? white kids, like bumping to West Coast gangster rap. Um, made perfect sense at the time to us, but to them they were probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was just great. So that was really the the thing that set the the tone, and yeah. what, what reminds me so much of the holiday. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things about that situation is it opened up a lot of people who probably didn't like Dre and really even know who he was. Yeah. To when you hear an album on repeat so much, you are inclined to start to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what it did, uh, which was great. Um, what's an hotel called? The Soul of Marie. Am I just so like, yeah, Marie, was, that's it. Because yeah. it was two sisters. Exactly. Fucking ugliest sin. Like them. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Was it like Marie? Was that her actual mate? I can yeah. see her now. Yeah, she had like hairy. She had yeah. like hair on her face. She was savage, mate. And like a really retro like Hoover. Um, do you remember when Dave uh, <laughs> drew the picture? Yeah. Yeah. So our mate basically drew drew a picture on that like horrible marble floors they have everywhere in ketchup of him scoring a goal for Westin. And the owner went to get a fan because our other friend, Chubby, Luke McQueen, big up Luke, um, wasn't, wasn't feeling very well. So we asked for an additional fan. So she was doing us a favour. Um, she came down, saw us drawing in ketchup on her floor and fucking twatted Dave with a, with a fan. Like a oh, massive God. fan. Um, so yeah, that didn't go down particularly well. <laughs> yeah, so this is the sort of place that we were staying. And um, yeah, like Gaz said, it, we were kind of quite happy to leave and get to that other port and just blaze Dre 2001 all day it was it was pretty epic um, but when did you Bum when did you first actually hear the album because we must have heard it before we went to Malia because it had been out for a good couple of years at that point can you remember um, I have to admit it's very difficult to pinpoint when yeah. when I first heard it uh, I do remember buying the CD from Virgin Megastores, um, <laughs> which is always random. How much was it? Yeah. Must have been in sale because the yeah. albums were like fourteen ninety nine. Well, yeah, they were, weren't they? The yeah, day, yeah. still got that album. Um, yeah, yeah scratched the hell. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, keep it. It's very, yeah, I'll, I'll be giving it to the kids someday. Sure. <laughs> should, should I have any? Yeah, sure. I've got maybe little little fat dinosaur kids rolling around. Down in Crawley somewhere. <laughs> Crawley! Um, um, nice place. Yeah, no, I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I definitely had heard it before. Um, and I think I had it, I might have even had it on my iPod, um, which obviously I was probably one of the only few people that, you know, had an iPod. Yeah, but it still gets played to this day. So yeah. obviously, 599 investments. Um, yeah, it's a strong investment. Oh, good stuff. Okay, well, um, the album, I think everybody realises and knows, like when you're talking about classic albums, there are very few tracks that aren't good. Um, the majority of them tend to be amazing, which is why people kind of like them. Um, but what are your kind of favourite tracks and why, if you had to kind of um, you know, isolate a few? I mean, for me, like the, the, the album, almost like the first pretty much 10 tracks are all just fucking unbelievable. Sure. And then yeah. the quality does tend to dip off a little bit the second half of the album um, but like it starts with The Watcher Fuck You Steel DRE mm. like Explosive like all of those tracks are just amazing and they're, they're probably like my favourite those those three or four um, but how about you guys what, what are your kind of favourites from the, from the album um, so obviously the singles are incredible yeah. the singles that were released still so what was it Steel, Steel DRE Steel, was the first one yeah Steel DRE um there was the Watcher, which is you know again it's a great a great yeah. single from the album, although it was released like late late on. But yeah, forgot, um, about, Dre. forgot about Dre is just incredible. Um, but I you know I tend not to go for the for the big singles, and I'm I'm actually going to say that my favorite. I'm just I'm just looking at my um my Spotify here at the moment. I've I've got the I've got some tracks that are actually downloaded from from the album. Okay. And fuck you, yeah. um, explosive. And let's get high. Are the three tracks that I've got um, downloaded? So it's quite interesting. I, I would actually say 
Fuck You is, is my is my favourite of the album. I mean, it's fair, but the beat is just fucking crazy. It's just, bam, 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 it's bam, just incredible. That's just incredible. Yeah, it is fucking epic. Like when I hear that track and explosive, those two particularly, I do just kind of have immediate flashbacks to just sitting on like a lilo bobbing in, in a pool <laughs> with just like some fucking horrible drink, like I don't know, like Back then I was on a mad like sugar rush or I still am. Aftershock. Yeah, Aftershock and Smurf Heights or something fucking rank like that. Yeah, uh, so VK so. Blue or some shit. Um, yeah, and, and that, that when Snoop just comes in on, on yeah. fucking... Fishbowls. Fishbowls, fish yeah. Fishbowls. Yeah, Fishbowls are strong, strong game. Um, but yeah, that, that's... Sex on the beach. Absolute just bangers. So, so yeah, how, yeah, how, so how about you, Bum? What's your show? I, I still think it's worse. Yeah. Oh, like, just, I can just picture, you know, us morons being in the pool. Um, people insecure about their weight, etc. And <laughs> just, you know, just hearing explosive probably a couple of times a day, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and just locals just being a bit, I don't know, phased by the fact that these posh white kids are listening to raw hip hop yeah. as loud as possible. Uh, it was just incredible. Great yeah, because I mean, aside from yourself and Marlon, the rest of us were white, and there was how many of us in total? Racist. <laughs> How many of us in total? There was like I think it was like 16, 17 yeah. for the first for the first yeah. holiday. So, Paddy, Paddy wasn't able to come, was he? No, he wasn't allowed. Yeah, Paddy Paddy's mum essentially is is God Squad. Um yeah, she she she's quite religious and uh, basically the, the vicar told her that um that essentially Paddy wasn't able to go. No. So he, he couldn't get a letter of authorization. Like, yeah. like we, we we had to get our parents to sign a letter so we could take it to holiday hypermarket before yeah. before the <laughs> holiday <laughs> hypermarket in Dunstable yeah. uh, before we were able to go. But essentially Paddy's Paddy's mum wouldn't sign the letter yeah. because that's what the vicar told him told her to do. To do and we know that's a fact because and one of the other lads, Luke Cunniff, big up Lukey C um, his mum was in the pub with um, Ryan's mum, and that, that's basically the conversation was had that she wasn't going to let him go because it was a sin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in the end, he bought a, a red Astra um, and watched the Matrix and ate bacon buddies basically all summer. So yeah. sad times um, for Paddy. It's not a bad summer, is it? It's not. It could be. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, just a bit of uh, trivia voice. Um, I was looking into because Explosive was essentially like the one joint that was the biggest. Uh, it's kind of song from that album for that holiday for us. I think we can agree on that. Sure. Um, I found out that Royce to Five Nine actually ghost wrote quite a few tracks for the album, like mm. the lyrics and stuff like that. He's actually credited on Explosive, and you can you can actually hear him in the chorus if you listen hard enough. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't realise, and he's like actually like involved in a lot of other um, tracks on the album. But yeah, that was the one he's actually credited on. And a hard New Yorker as well. Absolutely. Well, he's from Detroit actually. Isn't he? He's from Detroit. Oh right, of course. Because um, you know, yeah. But yeah, but. That, that tune is amazing and like Nate Dogg, like, there's a lot of bits on the album that he that he's incredible on, but he yeah. particularly just yeah, fucking yeah. works that track away. So yeah, big right. up, explosive, massive tune. Um, do you boys want a quick quiz? Sure, yeah. mate. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, I'm going to start with a very easy one. We've been talking about the Defiant ones, like the, the Dre um, and Jimmy Iovine documentary. Um, so some of these answers are actually included on it. So if you've been paying attention to documentaries, then you'll know the answers. So question one, um, which famous artist is Dr. Dre's stepbrother? Is it A, Warren G? Is it B, Hitman? Or is it C, Melman? No, I'm, I think I'm confident I know the answer to this. Well, you think you know this one? Yeah, yeah, obviously I know Okay, so, well let's say after three, you can both say the name of the person. Go on. Right, ready? Three, two, one. Warren G. Warren G. <laughs> Warren G, yeah, Warren G. Yeah. Warren G, because it was Warren G that um, introduced uh, Dre to Snoop. Exactly, it? yeah. Question two. Which famous East Coast rapper ghost wrote the lyrics for Dre's West Coast comeback banger, Still DRE? Is the answer A, Nas, B, Jay-Z, C, Fat Joe? I actually don't know. Oh, I hope it's Fat Joe, but um, so you're going for Nars, guys? Do you want I'm, to guess? I'm, I'm going to say Nars. The answer is Jay-Z. Oh, fucking hell. Which is mad. Because, yeah. like, if you, like, to be fair, now you listen to it, yeah, when you listen to it next time, picture Jay-Z delivering the line. Yeah, sure, yeah. And it makes total sense. It's oh, so, so Jay-Z, like, in terms of delivery. 
Um, but I thought that was amazing. So yeah, he wrote all the lyrics for that track. But it, but it also shows the, the respect that Jay-Z had for Dre. Absolutely. Because <clears throat> I wouldn't have thought it would have happened that often that people are writing for other hip-hop artists at that time. Yeah. There was a lot of beef around. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I've played. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think he probably got paid quite a lot for that. Sure. <laughs> but then again, um, I, I suppose if it, let's say, for example, if it was, I don't know, Diddy writing something for Dre, I think it would, everyone would just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I suppose Jay Z wasn't in that whole, you know. Yeah, he was like, beef, he was kind of late, but we Yeah, which is weird, though, something. because he was obviously very close with Biggie, so yeah. surprised. But then I guess <clears throat> Dre also kept himself kind of distant from all that beef that yeah. was going on with Death Row, so. But yeah, an amazing fact nonetheless. Um, question three. In 2013, Kendrick Lamar cited which artist that features on 2001 as one of his main influences in an interview with the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. So Kendrick Lamar says this artist has been a big influence on him. Is it A, Snoop Dogg, B, the DOC, or C, Corrupt? I know this. Ooh, interesting. Call him, Bob. I think it's the DOC. Yes? I'm going to say... Corrupt. It's your boy Corrupt. Is it? Yeah, mate. Just, I found it really interesting because Corrupt has some great moments on 2001. He does. Um, and I think that he's like, he's probably pretty, probably pretty good in terms of like, from a local Compton boy growing up, yeah, having some great moments in the album, he probably related to him quite closely. And also their voice and their They're delivery is quite similar. similar yeah. yeah, like I can hear Kendrick on um, Let's Get High. Absolutely. Like, I can really, like I can just see Kendrick doing like, Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, so it does kind of make sense. But yeah, I just thought it was really yeah, interesting. Yeah. That, like, out of all the really eyes, similar voice. Yeah, same delivery and style. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's get back to, to kind of the album in a bit more detail. So, um, what are you saying about the production? Are there any favourite kind of instrumentals, any beats? So, not necessarily just the track, but the instrumentals themselves stand out to you? Well, again, explosive. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to say explosive. Um, but also, I really like um, uh, Lightspeed yeah. as well. Love Lightspeed because you know um, it's just it's just that rolling. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I love the I love the intro to the track. Yeah. Like, Place some crap you. Yeah. It's yeah. great, and it's just like rolls in. And it's just such a cool tune because the the bass on as well. Like whenever you whenever you. You hear people talk about Dre, especially you know, of course, in hip hop circles, it's always about the quality of his uh, production yeah. um, in terms of his mix as well. Like, okay, you know, that that was his his expertise, really. Yeah. You know, he was involved in uh, mixing albums down, you know, all kinds of different albums because he just had an ear for it. Yeah, yeah. And like that track in particular, um, it just sounds great on anything that you listen to it on. Yeah. And like, especially like in my car, around the pool in Malia. Do you know what I mean? It's like it just sounds perfect. Yeah. Like the bass, the rolling bass, is so good. You so, had yeah. the blue course then, didn't you? I did, mate. Yeah. I, I, I had a lovely set of six by six by nine. Six by, six by nine. Yeah. in the back, Kenwood. Um, <laughs> you know, a little sub in yeah. the back as well. And did you have a dumpy on it? Of course it did. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. Dump bath. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Dump bath. That's the one that goes. I thought yeah. you meant did you did I have a shit on it? Yeah, okay. How about you, Michael? Any favourite beats? I, I always think about the production. Like, I think given that this was, you know, I, I know the chronicles before, of course, but yeah. you know, production-wise and all the sampling that must have gone in, uh, into creating the sounds from it. I know that Dre was obviously great, you know, engineer as such, but it's just some incredible beats, which was just make you think. You know what instruments has he used in terms of you know, piano to guitar, etc., to to make that iconic sound. But it's very well put together. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Very well. Very well. And um, a lot of the instrumentals actually. Because um, I was reading up a lot about how he was actually recording it. Um, there's a guy from Time Magazine, a guy called uh, Josh Triangel. I think I pronounced that right. From Time Magazine, and he was describing the recording process which Dre employs. Basically, says. Uh, every Dre track begins the same way, with Dre behind a drum machine in a room full of trusted musicians. They all carry beepers, and when he wants to work, they work. He'll program the beat and then ask the mus musicians to play along. When he hears something he likes, he isolates that player and tells him to refine that sound. And when you like, when you think about that, I think about how much time that must take to like yeah. get each little piece by piece and build and build and build. Like 
that's amazing like level of detail i totally agree with you both like the actual like the sound quality and the level and like production is just like yeah. mind-blowingly good can, can we also not forget you just <clears> mentioned <throat> their beepers yeah, yeah. <laughs> retro. I had a beeper. Yeah, it was so it. shit. I it was the most. I remember yours. It was the most useless thing in the world. You got a beep, and you go, like, "Oh, someone's calling me," and you're like, "I still haven't got a phone. Yeah. I'm still in the middle of fucking." I imagine you don't have any money to ring them. I'm in steppingly wreck, wiping my ass with a dock leaf. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Absolutely tragic. So um, the other thing about his uh, his production ability and just him being in charge of a studio, he um, on uh, role models with Eminem. Mm. You know, in the you know in the bit when he Eminem has to scream, um, don't you wanna grow up to be just like yeah. just like me? Um, and he like really screams it. Um, so Dre told Eminem that, you know, this this is something that you should do. You you should scream into the mic. And Eminem was like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. And Dre was like, No, you you, you definitely should. Yeah, yeah. And basically um, Dre got him to scream over and over again and Eminem's like <laughs> he says like my voice was absolutely fucked at the end of it because wow. he was getting me to scream into the mic because it was like this you know this new style that Dre wanted to put on, yeah. on the role models and he was like no, you know, that's that's what he wanted me to do and yeah. he was just a master and the other thing as well mate just just quickly um, on Spotify I listen to the album a lot and yeah. what it on Spotify I've got it set up so that each track uh, blends into each yeah, other same. and it, it fucks the album yeah it does it's so annoying because Dre like so perfectly has put each track together including like gaps in between yeah. tracks that you want those gaps in between the, the track you almost want to listen to it on CD to get the full effect of it mate absolutely and, and that to me is like um, part of his mastery which you, you don't get on say other albums where you can literally just kind of play the track and it just yeah. blends together is every little skit and everything is thought about yeah. like I was actually saying to you you know that meme that goes around, like where someone sends you something, like a video, yeah. you press play and then it just breaks into like a pause, like, <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. and you're listening in the office and everyone mugs you off. Like, I'm Dr- usually one that sends those. Correct. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Well, Dre invented that because um, at the end of um, some LA niggas, it goes straight into Porto Porno. Yeah. And it starts with like that, ah, ah, <laughs> like just humping and like so when you were listening to it in the car because it's quite deep into the album you're cruising along you listen to the album like the window's down like it's a summer's day you pull up the traffic lights in like Barton Lechay and then the fucking Porsche Porno comes on and everyone's just looking over at your car and you look like a right mug yeah. so yeah Dre invented that meme um, inadvertently so um, yeah or, or, or back in 2003 when you, you've got the album on dad's car and he's driving you around and pause for porno comes on yeah i mean it's, highly embarrassing it's just so tragic um <laughs> but yeah in terms of like dre's legacy like again we were talking the other week about like top 10 top five producers um where would you put him in terms of like the, the best producers in the game michael are we, are we talking about now or then i just think like of all time like the, the greats because what we were talking about like diller and primo and Q-tip and these boys yeah. like it's got to be I think, I think there's no doubt that in, in the eyes of probably music fans in general he's going to be probably within the top 20 um, I know you guys might say top 10 and yes there's always an argument to that but on the basis that you know he produced a lot for going forward the likes of 50 Cent and then going forward with Game etc mm-hmm. uh, and I do think that he's an incredible producer but I just think if you look at the is he on the same you know, level as the Quincy Jones of the world? Maybe not, but incredible. Well, in um, terms of hip hop, yeah, in terms of hip hop, in terms of hip hop, then yeah, I don't think that you know there isn't many others that you could probably say were on the same page. Yeah. You know, people people might even argue and say P Diddy, yeah, but Diddy. I, I, Diddy did it with a huge team of producers, yeah, exactly. whereas Dre did it basically on his own. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, in terms of hip hop, I would say that he was probably number one or two. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he's he's shown such quality. Like he's done it with the bare minimum. Yeah. Like his first album was like twelve thousand US to make or something like that. Yeah, know? absolutely. And, and like you know, even from back in the day, like quality DJ and the world class wrecking crew. You know, he's just he's always had that ear for music. Yeah. So to me, he's he's he's, he's top, top yeah. three for me. Also, for me. I I would also put him in like the, the top five. And the reason for me that I would give is if you look at someone say like. Primo, who is so prolific, like he puts out a lot of amazing music and he's worked with loads of different artists, like 
and, he, and he's constantly, he's even now like putting stuff out regularly, and the, the quality has always been really high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Dre has put out um, a lot less, like a lot, lot less. Yeah. But the the quality that he's put out has been kind of extremely high. So it's not any shots at Prem because Prem is probably my favourite producer. But um, what Dre does is like that massive quality over quantity, mm-hmm. and like he's been selected. Like this was only his second ever solo album. Yeah. And I think he's only got three in total. So yeah. Over you know over <clears throat> thirty year career is pretty impressive. So I think that's amazing. Um, just as a like a little bit of trivia, just to kind of give you an idea of his impact of production. Um, for those that aren't closely aligned with him, um, on Kanye's um, college dropout, the last track, last call. Um, he, he basically like talks about his career and like his influences and stuff and how he got into the game, which is really interesting. And he actually mentions that um, for the beat that he made for Jay Z, this can't be life. He actually basically copies the drum um, from, from Explosive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, just yeah. just shows you like Kanye is yeah. like one of the great producers in the game. Um, and yeah, he's obviously taken that, so it's sure. pretty amazing. I, 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 I think just going back to your point about Dre being, you know, one of the best in hip hop. I think if you think of hip hop in twenty years, or, or even thirty years, they'll still be using Dre samples. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. just, just there's not very few geniuses in their field, and Dre's probably one of them. Yeah, he's, um, he's a musician, but like, he'll still be producing music. Though. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. maybe not in twenty years because he's seventy. But um, you yeah, know, why not? Okay, boys, well, we're just going to take a, a quick break and then we're going to go into um, a couple more scenarios because I know how much everyone likes those and a few more questions about um, your favourite lyrics, etc, etc. So we're just going to take a break and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Okay, so welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our little pause of porno and that we did you in classic um, porno meme style. Oh, um, so horrible. yeah, hopefully you listen to it really loud in the office and that has completely stitched you up. That would be hilarious. And for once it's on me stitching wrong. Exactly. Well, technically it is, mate, because you're on the podcast. So wow. Back to your tricks. Um, okay, so back into the album, boys. Do you have like a, a favourite lyrical verse um, from the album? Um, and if you do, kind of what, what is it or what part of the track is it? Sure, mate. Yeah, it's the whole, um, the whole of "Forgot About Dre," yeah. and um, particularly Dre's verse, just because it summarises exactly where Dre was at that point in time. It was a, it was a real, you know, story, um, you know, of, um, you know, kind of what happened to him as far as his albums that he was putting out. Concerned. And, you know, it was like everyone. It was a hotly anticipated album. I think I don't know if it was the first single for that trail or the second. I think it was yeah, the first single. First, first, still the Ari was the first. Still the Ari, and then I think it was the second. So it was kind of like it was a real fuck you to the industry, and I've got a lot of respect for that. Um, and yeah, for me, it's just it's it's just the way that he just he just lays it down. For me, it's one of the best verses in, in hip hop yeah. history. I like the last one particularly. Like, if it was up to me, motherfuckers would stop coming yeah. up to me. Out looking up to me, like you want something free. My last CD was out, you want a bug for me. Now that I got this new company, everybody want to come to me. Like there was some disease, but you won't get a crumb from me because I'm from the streets of Bang! So Savage. Good. So good. Love that. So good. It's such a fuck you. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I also really like um, on Still DRE, which was like the big comeback record, yeah. which was his first single. Um, it's, again, it's on the last, his last verse. As we've discussed, it was written by Jay Z. But there's one lyric which is, I'll break your neck, damn, they put your face in your lap. Niggas trying to be the king, but the ace is back. I just think that is like so powerful, <laughs> it's clever wordplay. Uh, it's pretty, like, it's the first time you really hear him for obviously a long, quite a long time, getting really gritty and kind of nasty. Yeah. The instrumental to go alongside it's got Storch, like, keys. It's just everything about that record's amazing, and that delivery from those Jay Z punchlines just. Sure. Love that. And um, how about you, Bob? Well, there's there's a, there's a few um, which stick out in the mind. Obviously, uh, telling Eminem uh, how he was, you know, helping kill his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me show you where the option is. Exactly. <laughs> Eminem's response is pretty great. Uh, I have to admit, I'm not a big fan of Eminem, but his lyrics on on a song are pretty exceptional. That's what's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then. 
also, I just want to fuck you. No kissing and rubbing. You've got a husband who loves you. Yeah. Wait, let's be honest. Most guys out here just want to fuck girls. Yeah. Not much love. Yeah, it's and true. Snoop, and Snoop's first verse on yeah. that as well. Yeah. Just, I just want to fuck with you. I'm a creep, bitch. I'm a creep, bitch. So that's what you want to do, you freak bitch? That's like his little... Acting yeah, like that's you don't do dicks. That's the kind of bitch I hate fucking with. It's, like, it's just right. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> It's just incredible. Yeah, the so next lyric it. is horrendous though. Baby was a virgin, that's what she said. So I gave her some Hennessy. She gave me some hair. I fucked her on the floor. Sounds like rape to me. So I wouldn't mess up my bed. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he makes his own bed is quite sweet, <laughs> really, isn't it? It's quite cute. Uh, shout out Snoop. Yeah, big up Snoop, here, right? Okay, well, talking of Snoop, I've got um, a classic John Bass scenario for you boys. Oh, God. Um, it's going back to an old um, kind of format that we've done before on this podcast. So, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Eminem, Snoop Dogg. You gotta kill one. Yeah. One becomes your best friend. This is easy. And the other one sleeps with your wife. In your easy. case, Michael. I'm not killing any. In your case, Michael, it's gonna be your mum because okay, you're not fine. married and no, well, no well, significant well, other at this time. Fine. Uh, I kill Eminem. Boom! That's racial violence for a start. Well, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's in there. Um, best friend probably Dre. I'll let Snoop Dogg fuck my mum. Fair. Yeah. He's a pimp anyway. It's a little bit poor. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's fine. He smokes some reefer, and they reefer as well. So Boom, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> simple. Right, I, I, I cannot kill any one of them three. So this, that right. is just. Well, come on, right, be realistic. You could kill someone. Mate, not not Dre and Snoop. I think I'd kill myself before I kill any one of them three. Coward, wow. Um, coward. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kill Snoop. What? Fucking hell. I that is mental. That, I'm gonna kill that Snoop. is mental. You put, Wait, okay, you can't get me. You put a dog down. Yeah. How do you listen to it? Right? Dog I'm dog dog. 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 right, I'm just gonna stick with it. I'm gonna kill Snoop. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want Dre to be my best mate because he's a fucking and wizard. You're gonna let wizard. Eminem. Yeah, Eminem. And Eminem. At least. Can, yeah, can sleep with him. The other two, the other two are probably packing heat. That's the thing, so I don't really like Eminem's like. What you're afraid of once you go splash, you'll never go back exactly, to the pasta. Exactly. <laughs> so, at least, so at least it'll be a one time thing. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's my that's my thoughts behind that. I mean, it's probably pretty aggressive. But no, I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna stick with. Dre has got some he's 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 a billionaire for starters. He's gonna have toys. The guy's gonna have toys. He's gonna have speed boats, Ferraris. Houses. I thought you meant like sexual yeah. toys and you yeah. don't want them used on your wife. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like that. No, I'm talking about like four stories. Yeah, okay. Talking about four stories. So yeah, but, so but let's also be honest. None of them are that broke. They're no, probably, they're sure. They've probably rich. got at least a couple hundred million each. Definitely, of course. probably more. I'd say Snoop's the poorest. And he's I'm not really rich. Yeah. I'm not basing being friends with someone on that on that particular basis. By the way, he, he, for well, me, he's, he's also he's also the nicest out of all, all three of them. I, I mean, suggest. he smacks women around like yeah. on more than one occasion. Did he goes to jail as well. Yeah, yeah beating up what's her name? Speeding. Val Barnes. No, what's that? Val Barnes. <laughs> no, T Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody slept T Barnes. Oh yeah. D Barnes. Yeah. D Barnes. <laughs> Not Val Barnes. She was there. Uh, Ray Stevens on L. She was a presenter on them. Yeah, like MTV, 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 like, yeah. Um, yeah, so okay. that's what I'm sticking with. What well, are you doing, mate? I haven't thought about this. So I'm writing the um, running order, but I haven't really thought about this. Thinking about it logically, uh, I also would want to be friends with Dre because I think that me and him would kind of get on well. And but that is such a lie. Well, no, because he could produce my comeback album. In, in many <laughs> ways, it would be like a chronic 2000. How many sales out of Curiosity did your first album get? Well, I didn't uh, put it on a full release. It was only available on... It was a mixtape. Mixtape, yeah. But it was a CD, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I had some on CD, yeah. I mean, I distributed a fair few copies, but it was more, it's more about the kind of battle scene for me. So keep, keeping it real. Um, so yeah, mates with Dre. And then, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go down the same route as you guys, because... You were fucking pieing me, Susan. Yeah, but when yeah, when I was thinking about it, because like my missus, I don't think she'd want to have sex with Dre or Snoop. So basically, you're saying your missus doesn't like black boys. Well, yeah, I mean that's her vibe. I mean, she's got a thing about white boys. You know what I'm gonna say? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to bullet Snoop and then let M peace out my missus. Also, we're watching Eight Mile the other day, and um, when Brittany Murphy's getting pieced out by Eminem. Did you like his stroke or something? No, I think she thought it was gross, but then 
I kind of I, we great scene though. Yeah, I mean the Snoop porn is more like porn. At least he's kind of being a little bit sensitive to her needs. Although, isn't it weird in like any movie when they have sex? Yeah, this is just a side thought. That they're like kissing or whatever, and then they like pull off their clothes, and the bloke just like sticks it in her, and she's absolutely loving it. Let's be honest about that. They're not loving it when it's going in. They're just like mm, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But mate. This is a film. Are you thinking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. Are you thinking about a particular scene? Well, like, like, like Eight Mile, like he literally does three pumps. She's like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Like, really? Yeah, you, you've got a heavy piece of machinery operating behind yeah. you. Yeah, sounds like me making love. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Heavy. Very good. Okay, uh, so but, um, yeah, and also by the way, killing Snoop. Yeah. It makes sense because I would want to kill him in a gangster way because yeah, I mean that is like him, isn't it? Yeah, and also it increases like, like gangster. He drives um, past him like a low rider and like you know gun him down with an Uzi or something like that. <laughs> Just the one that is a gangster. Away. That is a gangster way to go, which he would probably like in a yeah. really weird kind of way. And it would cement his like legendary status. Correct. Like the, the best artists they die young, don't they? So it would. I mean, he's not young, but Correct. it would kind of. Deep. True. Have you seen, by the way, I've seen Westwood's like Snapchat and Insta stories. <laughs> Gings is an absolute legend. I've seen one recently. He's like two, two fit girls just like twerking in his room. He's like, he's like, yeah, baby, yeah, shake it, yeah. And then he's got the next, like, two days later, it's for him. He's got his credit cards out and he's going, he's going, zzz, like, shaves them into like this, like, shredder. Um, shredder. And he's just like, there goes a pair of shoes. And he goes, he gets the next one. He goes, zzz, and he goes there goes a handbag. And then he just goes, I just need a real woman now. <laughs> it's amazing. He's an absolute legend. Maybe you're cracking up, mate. Bum hates Yeah, but I don't hate him. I, I met him on Oxford Street and he tried to give me one of these American handshakes, which I was in a suit. He was in a fever tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, be realistic. If I knew the handshake, I still wouldn't have given you one because I'm in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's very fair. Okay. Well, um, so in each episode, we try and rank um, the hip hop albums that we've been talking about and put them in our lead table of hip hop classics. Um, at the moment, obviously, we've only had a couple of episodes. So we've got 36 Chambers at number one, uh, Midnight Marauders tucked in at number two, and then. Uh, now we need to decide basically where 2001 sits. Where it sits. Now, just to bear in mind, I know this is difficult because it's not about necessarily like, I know you want to put a metric around it, so like the biggest record sales, but they don't always reflect like legendary status. So what you've got to try and consider is like, just what's more important to hip hop? What's the bigger album legacy wise? Um, and like where it, mm. would, where it would fit. Bearing in mind, and again, it's difficult because I'm throwing in lots of kind of potential options that might sway you. But like 36 Chambers is the first album from Wu-Tang and probably their best. So if that doesn't exist, then there isn't anything to fall back on. Whereas a lot of people would prefer the chronic to say... Sounds like you're trying to handle with the result best. I'm trying to sway it the way that I want it to go. So, so, so can I just get it straight? Are we ranking them out, the two other ones that you've already done? So basically, does 2001 go third? Does it go top? Does it go second? Where does it fit in, in the mix? Well, for me, it goes number one. Wow. So you think 2001 is a more big because I kind of no. Uh, well, I, I think the way that you've got to look about it is if you were to go and pick a hip hop album now that you could play in any scenario that people would probably enjoy from different types of people, I think 2001 over all of those. Yeah, really? that, that's. I mean, I can't argue with that if that's the rationale. Yeah, I but, also, agree. but I think that I know everything's about opinion, yeah. and I think that ultimately you look at the music charts and the industry of how they rank the best album out there. If they they would probably look at it on those bases, you know what was the most best produced, you know sales, awards, um, and, and what still has that feel good feeling. Well, obviously I haven't listened to the the other albums recently, but I still pick up two thousand one and can enjoy it. Yeah. Obviously, there's a couple of tracks which are I think are a little bit garbage, but you you get it on every album where you've got twenty tracks on it. But yeah. Ultimately, I think I'd still put it number one, uh, just because I think. In 10, 15 years' time, I could sort of you know, put it on and people like, wow, this is still great. Yeah, I think, I think you made a very good point. Mate. Yeah. I mean, like, the, that was the reason why in the, in the previous episode I put Night um, yeah. Marauders above Wu Tang for exactly mm. the same reason, fun, because to me it's more listenable. Mm. Um, I, love, I love that album, of course, um, 36 Chambers, but to me it's a lot more listenable. Yeah. Um, and for the same reason, I personally would put 2001. Up there, so my personal order, but 
the moment is still Midnight Marauders, then 2001, and then 36 Chambers. Okay. That's my personal order. All right, now guys. Yeah, well, mine would be basically the order in which we've done the episodes. So I think 36 Chambers is, is arguably one in the top five most important hip-hop albums of all time for its impact. I totally, the argument about the listening thing, it would be the other way around. Right. 2001 would be, the, it's the most, yeah. for my personal life and as we discussed like it's an album that we love dearly <clears throat> and i listen to it a lot like i really like it sure but like i'm trying to take into consideration like not just how listenable it is or who's on it like I'm trying to take everything into consideration like it's important to hip-hop and like 36 chambers would definitely be there and, and you're, more, you're more of an east coast fan though. i am yeah no, i'm no question. quite open about my yeah. east coast bias so that that is fair enough but what I would say is, a lot of people would say this isn't Dre's best album. Sure. So it's, it's my personal favourite of his. I much prefer this to Chronic. I think the Chronic's great, but I much prefer this. And that's a very controversial view in like, the hip hop pantheon. Sure. But I do much prefer it. Um, but yeah, like on a list of the greatest albums, I think if 2001's above yeah. Six Chambers, people would lose their fucking mind. Sure. But like, there were however many tracks, it was 20, 21 tracks. Tracks yeah. There were five tracks I could kill. And that's what I mean. There's nothing you could lose on Midnight Marauders and nothing you could lose on Correct. Midnight. I would agree with that. So from that, that perspective, whilst it's got maybe some higher moments, like better moments, as a complete piece, like a complete album, maybe mm. it's not bad. Mm. But but I would accept, like, because this is our list and we can do what we want with it, that maybe it should be above Midnight Marauders. Sure. See, this is getting complicated now. How are we gonna how we're how are we gonna rank these now? Then, based on well, ba- our three opinions. So based on our three opinions, then I think Wu Tang should say one because it was one before. <laughs> sure. And I'm happy to accept 2001 to go second. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my <laughs> Midnight Marauders is number one for me, but yeah, yeah I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna happily. But if you prefer Midnight Marauders over 2001. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I just then it's I, got to go third. I, to I just find, yeah, I just find it. I find it so much more. I'm not skipping as often, if you know. Like, yeah. Midnight Marauders, I'm just not skipping. I can listen to it as like a piece well, thinking, of music, yeah. which I which I really love. But like, there are just things in in 2001, like individual singles that just stand out. I'm like, that's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are just tracks. I'm like, why? It doesn't make any like. Yeah, it doesn't make sense from a West Coast. I really don't though. like Housewife. Yeah. Like murder, like, murdering. Yeah. Murdering just not. You know, don't get that. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'm I happy to accept 2001 goes in above um, Midnight Marauders. Okay, so the it, new... It's a close path. Yeah, okay. it's a close path. Okay, fair enough. So the new order, 36 Chambers stays top. Yeah. It's 2001 in second place and Midnight Marauders into third. Um, okay, well, let, let's go on. But, but let's put it out there. Let's see what, exactly. see what we'll, the audience we'll, Exactly, we'll stick it out on a Twitter poll. So... If you think we're making a complete mockery of this and we're fucking this up, <laughs> yeah, let, let us know. Please get involved because ultimately we're just like three dickheads around the table eating prawn crackers. Um, okay, so again, remember all the songs we discussed are going to be um, added to um, our Spotify playlist. If you know, uh, search for Notorious Podcast Joints, you should find it there. Um, the link is also on our Twitter feed, um, so follow that. Um, okay, well, we have a few um, regular listeners. One of them um, is Dean McKee, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Pie Face. Dean McKee? Yeah. Wow. A- a.k.a. John Bass Lookalike, a.k.a. the famous uh, phone thrower of Clapham. Clapham um, Common. Uh, Clapham Common. Epic night out. Yeah, phone throwing incident, um, who spent a night in jail wrongly accused of a crime. It's a bit like making a murder advert on a really low scale. Yeah. Um, murdering an iPhone. Yeah, murdering an iPhone. And he was an innocent man. I know, because I was the one who did it. So. Ooh, there's a confession. Yeah. If, um, These are my confessions. Yeah, Clapham Common Police, or whoever, whatever constabulary it is, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so this is the question from Pieface. Your girlfriend and your wife, in this case, Michael, will give you a celebrity as like a... Girlfriend or your wife. Yeah, so girlfriend Jesus wife is right. uh, Okay, so your girlfriend slash your wife and your mum switch bodies. Okay, so it's like their personality uploaded into it's your Freaky Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah, Freaky Friday, scenario, exactly. And you have to bang one of them to switch it back. <laughs> Who do you bang? So I'll give you who's like just a, a decent, like Holly Willoughby. Okay. Okay. She gets your mum's personality inside yeah. her. 
also your mum's like conscious soul and life is in, inside Holly Willoughby's body yeah. and Holly Willoughby's personality is inside your mum's body and you've got a bang on to switch it back oh, fuck me or, or don't just leave it <laughs> it's up to you what do you do I mean for me so you know, how many points of stir do I have you can have as many as you like mate as long as you can keep that up Calvin Klein wife being mate yeah get the old visor out mm. and treat her to a real nice night Hmm, interesting. I mean, for me, it's one of those where, like, ultimately you're having sex with the physical body. Yeah. But the fact that your mum's going to feel the sensation of you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not. It's a bit weird. I'm not worried about if they enjoy it. I just care about them. So, <laughs> as long as I can't play. Yeah, but, then, but when they switch back, your mum still remembers everything. So she's going to be like, oh my god, you did this. It was so disgusting. Oh, think about that, like, the repercussions of it. I, I'd rather not think. Exactly, mate. I don't even want to be thinking of that. Yeah, I mean, it's pie face. Pie face is pretty dark. Right, well, I'm going to say it. I would have sex with my girlfriend's body, even though it's my mum's. Of course she would. Because as soon as you say, I don't want to have sex with my mum's body. No, no, but giving birth to two children and you're like really old now. Yeah, it's no, just So that's 26 violent poos whilst you're doing a marathon. Or... It's going to be messy by the 26 miles. And you're doing a fucking marathon. I'm, sure. I'm not capable of driving 26 miles. And or, <laughs> for the next 26 years, every time you do a poo, you have to immediately run one mile. Imagine being on a plane, having to just run up and down. Who oh, oh, shit's on a plane? I've never shit on a plane. If you've gone to America, mate, yeah. oh, I've never shot. Ever? No. You've been to like Vegas? I've not seen it in Australia. I could barely stand up in a toilet in the plane. You'd be going to stand up to shit, man. Well, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely know to take a shot. Fuck, what's it when you're into Australia? <laughs> Isn't that like a 12 hour flight? New Zealand. Obviously, it's split into 16 hours in a ridiculous 17 hour flight. So, yeah, didn't have a shot. That's, oh, nice. that's a good effort. Um, so, what, what, what are you going to do then in this? I, I, I would definitely run a marathon. We're on a marathon and shit. Because, it, because that'd be over in. I'll so be. I'll probably do it in two and a half hours. Not if you've got shit dribbling down. Yeah, I'm not he couldn't do it I'm in two and a half hours if he was on a motorbike. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. One, I'm not gonna stop to take shit. I'll just let it roll down my leg. Oh, it's so great. But it's, but it's, it's come on, mate. If you're having violent shits, you know, there's no way you're gonna be able to fucking wipe your ass. No, the boxes are done. You are gonna have to keep running. I agree yeah, with that. But just think how grim that is, yeah. mate. And by your fourth or fifth shit, that is like we're talking about diarrhea. Then. Yeah, and okay. stomach cramping and all sorts. Yeah, but it's horrible. Yeah, sure. But if I was physically fit enough to run twenty six miles, which you not. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've been out running with you, mate, and you, you made me look like Mo Farah. <laughs> True, I, I still go for marathon. So imagine going for a shit and then having to run a mile. Well, I, I would definitely do it the other way around because okay. I just the thought of the shit coming dribbling down my leg is just fucking disgusting. Honestly, and you'd be on TV because I'd be like, look at this guy like running and like just every mile like it's just fucking flowing out yeah it's just, it's just right. so to me it, it's actually quite like you know I'm quite into that quite to be fair so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, yeah, run yeah, a yeah, mile gym, yeah. yeah but a mile's not that far you know I mean yeah. it's alright that's not bad it's like yeah, yeah. around the block and 26 years it sounds a long time but like once you're an boy, you're gonna be really fit yeah. like you're gonna yeah. stay really fit through, oh, your, you? through your middle aged spread mate a mile every, a mile a day if you run a mile every day you You'd be, all, you You'd know, be better I mean, than not doing it. It's correct. It's better than sitting playing PlayStation. You know what I mean? But some of us go to the toilet more than once a day, so I've been doing two or three months a day, so that's not bad. Yeah, you need it. Is that one and a mile every time you're a good shit? Just every time you do a shit. I'm not 
Imagine having a hangover. Imagine being nasty. He said he took five shits a day. <laughs> he would, he, and he, he could, could do it. Well. He could do it. He could walk it, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been a, it's been a great podcast, and I think it's been good for us to kind of relive an album from that so much to us. Um, like I said, most of the detail about like where you can download the podcast, where our um, Spotify playlists are, are on our Twitter feed. And um, also, if you've got like questions or funny scenarios that you want us to run through, best to submit them on there or contact me personally if you've got that. Um, but the Twitter for the show is at notorious p underscore o underscore d. Um, I've set up an Instagram as well, which is just the Notorious P.O.D. Yeah, Instagram. Insta, yeah, cool. Um, and we are on Apple Podcasts, just um, put in the words, the Notorious P.O.D. And then you should find us, or sometimes it's with P.O.D. Sometimes people can't find it, but again, it's on our pinned tweet. It's like an orangey. Yeah, yeah, picture of right, you'll, see it. you'll yeah. see it. If not, like I said, just get uh, on our Twitter and it's on our pinned tweet. Um, Gaz, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, as always, enjoyed it. Um, just remind us, mate, about your um, SoundCloud and what you're doing with your mixing and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, search for me, uh, G5MUJ uh, is my SoundCloud. Um, just, just again, just on there is my name, just Gary Smith, because I don't have a DJ name. Um, all all, uh, all DJ name suggestions, welcome uh, on there. Yeah, maybe that should be the new, maybe yeah. that should be the new big what, pun. What like. Yeah, what should be my DJ name? I'm happy for that. Um, so yeah, so I'm essentially I'm just recording at the moment. I'm putting together uh, a new mix, which is going to be about an hour long, um, very kind of summery, housey garage um, by your special request. Um, so yeah, so I'm putting that together. Um, so check it out on there. Excellent. And Bon, thank you very much for stepping in last moment. You've been fucking absolute gold. I'm oh, sure people have really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure people would like to get your insight on a lot of current events. So where can people um, so yeah, if you, uh, I, I don't tweet anymore after the uh, famous breakdown incident. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow the, the Black Bump on Instagram. I am on Twitter, but you're not going to hear much from me, so you can check out the Instagram. Excellent. Uh, if you, if you're a fit bird, obviously I'm going to accept you. If you're just something fat cheeser, you're not going to accept you. And any fat dinosaur kids looking for their black dad can fuck off because <laughs> we don't do DNA paternity tests. Um, okay, well, look, that's been uh, the 2001 episode. Um, thanks ever so much for everyone who's listening. We really appreciate it. Um, thanks for joining us. We're now going to tuck into some delicious dairy milk. Uh, thanks a lot and get ready for the next episode. Peace! Definitely. really don't know, but that's just how I go, dog. So many niggas like to keep up shit, and just like a bitch, niggas be talking shit, smiling in my face and then they blast me in the back. Niggas stay strapped from way back, cause payback make niggas wanna pop that shit. If you ain't ready for the game, niggas stop that shit. We rock that shit. My nigga Drake, drop that shit. No more talking, I'm walking and I'm popping the clip. Glock on the hip, set tripping, dipping and shit. If you act like a bitch, nigga, you get smacked like a bitch. Bitch, nigga. Bitch, nigga. These niggas don't know what the fuck is going on. Yo, dog, check it, kick back. Let me holler at these niggas for a minute. Straight off the streets of chaos and no pity. The aggravated, making these punk motherfuckers hate it. Compton is the city I'm from.